Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, everybody. I am Lucia Matuonto, and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books, and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to the Relatable Voice podcast. The RV is headed to Vancouver, Canada, to chat with Priya Tronsgaard, who is the founder of Edify Learning Spaces, a one-on-one online tutoring agency. So, dear Priya, welcome to the RV. Thank you so much for that wonderful introduction, Lucia. Yes, I'm joining you from Vancouver and, you know, it is a beautiful place with lots of nature, mountains, great forests. And, you know, if you like skiing, it's only a few hours away. So we have like mountains, oceans and, um, you know, a wonderful place to be with fresh air and wonderful water. We do feel very grateful. I feel grateful to be on this unceded territory. Uh, and so, yeah, thank you so much for having me on the show. Uh, you know, we recently added another service. So we are an online tutoring agency, but we also have in-person tutoring now. So we just launched that in West Vancouver and it is uh, going really well. And I just have to find more people. So it's been quite busy. And, um, you know, one of the joys of doing what I do is trying to make sure that the families know that there is somebody that can help their child uh, if they find out what their child's strengths are. And a lot of people still have to learn about, um, you know, focusing on their child's strengths. And I think that's the big opportunity for families and and often even for educators who um, you know may need to reframe things sometimes to get that support so you know I feel really happy that I can support families and help kids understand that they are powerful and that they are strong and that they can achieve anything uh, but they just have to practice this mindset this growth mindset so that's that's what I do and it's been a great joy. It's it's so rewarding. I, I can't um coming out that helps families who are neurodivergent. And uh, that book is called Radically Reframing Three Guiding Principles for a Happier Neurodivergent Family. And so yeah, I've been working on a few projects since the pandemic and it's been going really well. And you know, I just am spreading the word. So I'm very thankful to have you on. Uh, to have you interview me. Yes, and the, this work that you are doing is just amazing, Priya. 
I want to learn a little bit more about you. I, you know, grew up in Vancouver and a tragedy that happened in my life. So when I was 12 years old, my mom passed away and then um, my dad uh, took care of me and my seven-year-old brother. And it was, you know, challenging and, and we had to find new ways to survive and to make it through. And, uh, you know, even then as a single parent, um, you know, my dad had to worry about the mortgage and finances. And, you know, so we together, all three of us um, started up uh, a business and, and we, you know, were always working on the weekends and after school. So we were really busy. And I look back and I think, you know, there were times where I could have done a little bit better at school and I could have you know, had more support, um, but I was supported in other ways, you know, by being busy and, and working at 12 to, uh, until I got to university, right? And those things still kept me, you know, focused, but there were opportunities there for me to improve at school and I didn't get that support. And so part of that always kind of stuck with me like, oh, you know, I could have done better if only I had that support. So, uh, you know, as I got into the later grades, I realized that uh, if I wanted to improve, I, I would need some assistance. So there's a community center nearby and there's a lady there who was the youth coordinator. And uh, she said to me, you know what, you need to just focus on what you want after high school. And I said, yeah, oh, okay, thanks. <laughs> and uh, she saw me the week after and she goes, where's that list? Uh, and I said, oh, Lilia, oh, you're serious. Okay. And so I wrote down all of these things on the list, like, you know, graduate from university, get uh, a bachelor's in psychology, uh, uh, you know, go to France. And, you know, I was a teenager, so I was buy a Louis Vuitton. Like, I was really... <laughs> you know, very focused on like the material things, oh, live in Japan, live in Tokyo. And um, so I, I wrote all these things down on the list, they all came true. And, uh, you know, I think that what she did for me is really made me focus really made me think about my own goals. And, uh, you know, followed up with me was consistent. And that is powerful, right. And uh, that's really powerful the, you know, the power of sticking with it and staying focused, right? And following up those things, not everyone has the time to do. So I feel like that, uh, you know, that person that really cared about me, that adult that really cared about me made a huge difference in my life. And it completely changed the outcome of my life. And I want to do that. I want to do that for other families. What she did then was then um, see what my strengths were. So my strengths are leadership. So she put me in a leadership program and uh, she got me teaching at the community center. I was teaching dance and also teaching English on the weekends, right? And so she got me um, really focusing on what I could do. And that was a big change for me. And then, you know, I got my degree from a, a you know, a respected Canadian university and uh, off I went to Tokyo and, and ended up working for the Tokyo Board of Education. And I learned a lot uh, about how 
kids learn and, and uh, how motivation is important. I also learned what doesn't work. So I would say Japan and Canada have very good education systems, and uh, but there are differences in our culture. Um, so uh, Japan is like about 98% Japanese. And so they have a, a very strong culture compared to a Canadian city. Um, you know, there's a lot of people from other countries and, and uh, a lot of, as we say, settlers, settlers in on the West Coast. And uh, even if they're here this generation or many generations before, and, um, you know, there's, there's a lot that we have to learn. So uh, it, I think it's really important that we have people who kind of give us those opportunities and uh, with the education system, there's, it's quite different between um, the two cultures, I would say. So it, it is, um, some would say like, a, it's very multicultural, others would say it's a melting pot. And others would say that there's a lot of things that we didn't learn in school about our indigenous people, right? So there's a lot of differences in uh, what is valued in our education system. Is it science? Is it math? Is it English? Is it language? And then I felt like in Japan, it was more focused on academics, but they did have a very strong after school culture. And we don't have that here. It's very... Um, it's it's not about homework. It's not about uh, cram school. So they have something in Japan called cram school and they study for hours and hours. And some of them get home after their clubs, their team clubs, they get home at eight o'clock and it's completely normalized. Uh, whereas in Canada, we don't have that. I mean, occasional clubs doing homework till eight o'clock. I think most parents here would be like, no, 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 that's not what we want for our child. So, uh, you know, there's some things I learned from there. There's some things I learned from here. And um, yeah, you know, I, I think there's a lot of opportunity to improve. And so, you know, as I completed my university and, and, and focused on psychology, I always kind of kept that in my mind. And so when I came back from Tokyo to Vancouver, I, you know, was working in education and I, I worked in a post-secondary institution. I taught small business and then I left uh, after I had my child and, you know, it was a very uh, interesting day, a decision that was made after I uh, completed that job. And that decision was because my, I found out my child was neurodivergent at two and a half. And I, I had a suspicion. And, um, you know, because of that, I couldn't go back to um, my job at a post-secondary institution, right? Like, mm -hmm. I had to focus on, on, you know, really figuring this out for my child. So, you know, I got the diagnosis. And in the diagnosis, in the, the paperwork uh, that the psychologist gave us, there was a lot of information and it wasn't talking about the best outcomes. It was only talking about the negative outcomes. Words like suicide, drug use, alcohol addiction, substance abuse addiction, you know, isolated uh, feelings of suicide and depression or dying through suicide or depression. And 
as somebody with a background in psychology, I looked at that and I thought, well, she's two and a half. Um, I understand. I understand that you have done some studies, right? And I can look at those, but why are you only telling me one side of this? Yeah, exactly. And I think, right? And I think, um, you know, in Canada, we have a lot of people who have, uh, you know, post-secondary degrees and and a lot of them have like psychology and, so, uh, you know, social work in their background. And I wonder, you know, if there was someone else like me who saw this, you know, how would this impact them? Yeah, I ended up uh, not going back to work. I saw that and I uh, just trying to figure out how can I, how can I make this different? Right. And um, I wasn't thinking I wanted to change my child, but I did want to think, think about changing the outcome. Right. Yeah. The outcome of this diagnosis. So while I was doing that, I was continuing to work, right? But I work. I ended up working as a consultant, and then um, I had an opportunity to work as a consultant for a childcare facility, and then I ended up being manager of the childcare, and then I became director. So while I was doing that, I realized, oh, you know what? I'm noticing here the teachers don't feel supported when it comes to kids who are neurodivergent. They are stressed. The teachers are repeating information. They are raising voices. They are feeling stressed. I can hear them like, "Ah," you know, just having a stressful time. And how can I make this better for them? And then I started to check out what's making them stressed out. And of course, it was, you know, neurodivergent children who weren't getting their needs met. And so I ended up working with agencies that had physiotherapists, occupational therapists, and people who were there to train the teachers on how to, um, you know, form a secure attachment to that child that really needed more support. Mm -hmm. And then I started to learn, right? So I'm like, okay, this is what's working. And I would see families and I would say, you know, uh, this is how it works here. we see the doctor, the doctor refers us, and then you get a diagnosis. And then you, if you get the diagnosis in Canada, you have access at this age, you get access to over $22,000 per child um, and have that distributed. And I think that they're, they might be reducing that amount now and, and the process, but that's what was available at the time. So it was advantageous to get that label. Uh, and, um, it's funny because the label makes you aware of all the things that have been studied that have gone negatively <laughs> that have been studied by these professionals. Um, and then, but also you're, you're starting to see, oh, look at what they can do. Look at what they're capable of, right. As their parent, because uh-huh. you see them all the time and you're like, well, they're not saying hello and waving, but they are able to spell and they're two years old. So that's, you know, that's being completely ignored. Um, So, but it doesn't have to be something that's uh, academic, right? There's children who have other strengths and, or who bring out the best in us. So it's not always something that, well, my, you know, my child is uh, intelligent and that's the only thing that matters. Um, So I'm not saying that, 
but there's just other strengths. And so for me personally, I was noticing that hyperlexia, why is it called something like hyperlexia? How, why do you have to, you know, put this negative label on a child's able to read very quickly? Why is it now called, oh, it's a hyperlexic child? (laughs) You know, it just sounds like you're pathologizing it. So then I learned about, uh, you know, how to support kids and how to support families. So I, you know, encourage them to go to the doctor, get that funding. And some of them were like, well, no, there's nothing wrong with my child. I was like, exactly. There is nothing wrong with your child. Right? Yeah, there's nothing wrong with your child. Let's find a way to make them, you know, reach their best potential. We can do this. And so, you know, working with families, I had that opportunity and I had that ability to see them reframe. And so I saw the teachers reframe, right? Because not maybe one out of eight, you know, uh, staff members would be like, yeah, no, I completely understand neurodivergence, but not everybody was on board. So I had to get everybody on board. Mm -hmm. And that's when I saw real change, the families and as well as the staff. And I had the power to do that because it was smaller. If you think about childcare facilities and, and how that's a different size from elementary schools. So, yeah, um, basically, there was a lot of opportunity to see things that worked. Let's talk about social emotional learning, for example. Can you quickly explain to us what this entails and how can it help your child? Right. Thank you so much. So nowadays, I feel like a lot of elementary schools do focus on social emotional learning in Canada, as well as the States um, and England. But I feel like it's still written from a perspective where um, it's just for neurotypical kids. So, you know, when we're talking about neurodiversity and we're talking about neurodivergent kids, these are kids who and people who think about things in a different way, they may not have the same social skills or they may not have the same mood as um, most of the population, right? They approach things differently. So with neurodiverse people or neurodivergent kids, social emotional learning needs to focus specifically on self-awareness. So there's different aspects, including like relationship management and all, and all these other types of um, parts of social emotional learning. But what I focus on is social emotional learning and self-awareness. And that's where I feel like there isn't enough focus. So social emotional learning for neurotypical people can include, okay, well, I'm going to learn more about my friend's culture. Well, a neurodivergent kid might not be able to do that. They don't even know what feelings are going on in their own body, right? So they might be feeling extreme pain, but they don't know how to express it in words. So it's really important that we focus on getting them to feel okay to share what's going on in their own body. And that's okay. And what I found was when we focus on them being able to express themselves, the challenging behavior goes down, they're happier, and they feel more free. And it takes practice to do it, right? Yeah. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. And Priya... There are a lot of children who are having learning struggles at school. What is your advice to parents dealing with these kind of problems? Right. So I think you should reframe it. It's not really a problem. If you reframe it, you see that your child has an opportunity to learn and that they learn differently. Listen to them. They are telling you. They're, that that learning scenario, that learning style, it's not their best match, right? So now you have an opportunity. There's so many ways to learn. It could be, you know, 80% through audio and, and 20% visual, or it might be completely different. It might be tactile. You might need to touch things. And, you know, in the past, we'd call that hands-on experience right? On the job training, right? So we, we know about these things. We just haven't labeled it as such, right? So if your child is not excelling because they have an issue, you know, processing information that they're hearing, that doesn't mean that your child can't do it. Yes. For example, children with ADHD symptoms and is having some difficulties at school. Perfect. Perfect question. Yes, I love it. So there's opportunities to reframe, right? So you can look at it a few ways. So one, do you want to strengthen their, their, you know, fine motor skills? Is that why they're unable to do some handwriting? Is it focus? Do you want to increase their focus? Or do you want to completely change their outcome and ask for an individualized education plan where you know, the, the reality is we don't handwrite that much anymore in real life. Mm-hmm. A lot of things are digitized. So it depends on what you want for your child. Do you want your child to be frustrated and feel unmotivated and feel like they're a complete failure just because the teacher was unable to create a different mode of them communicating? Perhaps it's going to be on an iPad. Is that bad? Is that really the end of, we aren't handwriting as a, 
that the whole society, the world is changing. Let's, you know, let's find ways to help our child feel confident. And, and we can, we can make the teacher, you know, find other ways. And if they don't, then we're going to have to continue to advocate. And if they don't listen and the school board doesn't listen, then you're going to have to find other opportunities. And if that doesn't work, you can do something else. There's, there's, there's brick and mortar, there's homeschooling, there's unschooling, there's like, there's uh, um, distance learning, there's remote learning, there's um, forest school, the, the world is changing, right? So I know it sounds really big, like, oh, are we talking about handwriting? Or are we talking about our child's, you know, 12 year education plan? Well, you know, you might want to reframe it. What is going to work for your family? What is going to work for your child? And will they like to learn if they feel that they're complete failure because they're doing this handwriting that is not being used by society anymore? Yeah, exactly. And Priya, you've accomplished a lot so far. What are your next goals? Well, thank you, Lucia. I I really appreciate that. I mean, I really want to just focus on spreading the word to parents, just letting them know that, you know, you don't have to do um, A, B, and C. You could do something else and you can make a complete difference in your child's upbringing. And, you know, I think it's really important that you take take a step in and think about your role as a parent. So I really want to focus on like helping families uh, reframe. And, uh, you know, I'm really happy about the audiobook that's about to be released. I, you know, recently was named the brand ambassador for Canada for, it's called My XXY Chromo Diversity. And it's all about, um, you know, chromosomal differences and how if we support kids with chromosomal differences, that they can do so much more right? And so it's about changing the environment um, to help them. And I think, you know, my goals are always going to be in spreading the word and helping parents. And that's going to be always something I work on. I did create a few apps. So it'd be interesting to see if I could, you know, um, release those apps on social emotional learning. So I'd like to do that. They're already created, but they're not at the level that I want for social emotional learning. I feel like, um, you know, we all have like a guided meditation app on our phone or something, but we really need to get into the practice of teaching our kids that, right? So they're not going to do it on their own. They're not going to do square breathing on their own. And so, you know, I really wanted to kind of um, begin all of our lessons by doing some social emotional learning activities uh, that come on this app. So that's something that I'm looking forward to. But yeah, spreading the word, helping families. I hope that, you know, that's, that's, that my, that's my purpose. And I, I, you know, I feel really lucky that I'm, and I feel privileged that I'm able to do something that I'm so passionate about and that I get to practice social emotional learning daily with my own two kids. Right. I, I think that's a wonderful opportunity for me to practice. And yeah, I do feel like, being a parent and spreading the word and being part of my community, helping others, that is what's next for me. Priya, that's so wonderful. 
congratulations for this work because I know how important it is. Can you tell our listeners where we can find you online? Sure. Thank you so much. Uh, yes, you can find me on Instagram at Edify Learning Spaces. And uh, so that's E-D-I-F-Y-L-E-A-R-N-I-N-G Spaces. And you can also find me on the website. So it's edifylearningspaces.com. Right. And then uh, I'm also on LinkedIn as well. If any parents want to chat there. Um, it's at Priya Tronsgard, P-R-I-Y-A-T-R-O-N-S-G-A-R-D at LinkedIn. So, you know, there's plenty of ways to reach out and, and to chat. And, you know, I, I just love to chat with parents and, and, and tell them, you know, it's okay to reframe this. This, this could be the thing that changes your child's life and your family's life, right? So, yeah, they can contact me through those means. Wonderful. Priya, come back whenever you want. You are <laughs> Thank you. always yeah. welcome here. <laughs> That's so sweet. You just made it easy. So I wish you all the best and that you can keep helping many, many kids and parents. You know, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to be on your show and congratulations for being on the bestseller list. I'm so proud of you. And yeah, like, Let's just keep lifting each other up, right? And I do believe our rising tide lifts all boats. So we're all coming up together and that's wonderful. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening and remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.